When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast for you. Every week, we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not-so-great content on Disney Plus as well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans, we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show, and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney P-L-U-S Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda says, What's the podcast? Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that probably sounds very American right now, it's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he's a minor master of his time. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. There was a time where I was a minor, yes. <laughs> Each week we'll chat about movies, television, whatever uh, else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. Whether she wears pants or not on the podcast is completely her choice. It's the Curious Love! Hello! I am wearing the skirt this time, so that is, that technically... Is as, yeah. that is whatever you choose is fine. Whatever you choose And out of context, fine. that just sounds like a very confusing <laughs> statement. As far as I know, I have never appeared on this show pantsless. Don't know where Aaron's getting it from, but, you know. I'm just saying it's totally up to you. Like, you know, it was yeah. such a big deal in Jungle Cruise. It was like, oh, she's wearing pants. It's like, okay, gotcha. I get it. 
I get it. Enough pants jokes. I get it. <laughs> uh, we are excited to have Lo back. Uh, Lo, we've got a uh, Disney movie to talk about, and you are a Disney expert, so I figured we could have you on this week to chat about Jungle Cruise. We're also going to chat about Stillwater, the new Matt Damon movie. Uh, and since we're talking Matt Damon, we're going to talk best ever Matt Damon movies uh, for our best ever mm. challenge. And uh, then, of course, we'll have some buried treasure and some other fun along the way. Um, how's everybody doing? Everybody doing all right? Doing okay? Everybody's good? Trying not to got- melt, yeah. you know. <laughs> it has been hot. Yeah. Uh, around here, it's been in the mid-90s all week. And I know many places are experiencing the same kind of heat wave. So I I would well, like it's to... it's only 85 here right now, so... I suppose oh. I shouldn't complain. <laughs> yeah, it's actually in the 80s. Uh, we had a big storm come through last night and kind of oh, cooled it nice. off. So, yeah, it's supposed to be a little cooler this week. So That was a pretty fun storm, yeah. 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 But we got movies. That's right. Welcome to Weathercast, uh, where we talk about <laughs> with movies. No, with no storms in these movies, spoiler. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get into it. Yeah, the water is very still. Uh, let's get into it. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Jungle Cruise. There is a legend in the jungles of the Amazon of a tree that heals all. It could change the world, but if it gets into the wrong hands, it could awaken a great evil. I believe that the legend is real. Which it's not. And I'm going to find it. Which you want. When I do, just imagine the lives that could be saved. I've been looking for this tree longer than anybody. I've tracked the legend to every village, every island. Nothing. You're searching for something that can't be found. Dr. Lily Houghton enlists the aid of wisecracking skipper Frank Wolf to take down the Amazon, uh, take her down the Amazon in his dilapidated boat. Together they search for an ancient tree that holds the power to heal, a discovery that will change the future of medicine. I don't know. It sounded very drastic. I had to <laughs> had to give it that little oomph. Yeah. Uh, in our members only pre show, we talked about Disney rides becoming movies, and this is another um, kind of attempt by Disney to take a popular ride from Walt Disney World and Walt Disneyland and uh, and put it into a movie. Um, so yeah, let's talk about Jungle Cruise. You got The Rock and Emily Blunt and many, many others. What did you think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Low, start us off. I'm going to say a Solid liked it. Thought okay. it was fun. Andrew? Same. Solid liked it. Uh, I am going to go with the low side of liked it. Um, I, I, and I was teetering into high side of it was just okay. Uh, at the end of the day, I had enough fun, I think, to put me in yeah. the, in the low side of liked it. Um, Lo, I'm going to let you start. Uh, you and Andrew liked okay. it about the same, but, uh, what are some of your general thoughts on, uh, Jungle Cruise? Well, I think it probably helps that I'm a massive theme park fan in general, and definitely of Disney parks. And so I spent a large portion of this movie being like, oh, that's a line from the right. Oh, that's a reference <laughs> to the right. Like, oh, oh, oh. So like that just kind of ups the excitement uh-huh. without the movie really doing anything. Um, mm-hmm. So I was already having fun with that. Um, also, you are determined to make me watch movies that are about immortal warriors. So <laughs> once again, I was watching Immortal Warriors fight. Listen, at least there's not a traumatic pregnancy in this one. I mean, That's come true. on. <laughs> Those are my two, my two expertise. Um, but yeah, no, I thought I, I just had a lot of fun with it. I think that um, 
I'm a huge fan of the Pirates movies. Well, of most of the Pirates movies. The fifth one doesn't exist. Um, so I was already kind of primed to like a sort of, you know, action adventure, fantasy kind of Disney movie. Like I, I really, I, I'm like rooting for it. I want it to mm-hmm. be good. And when it right. wasn't awful, I was like, yes, thank you. This was passable. I had fun. I do have some gripes, but most of them are like technical more than mm-hmm. they are like the actual story. So okay. yeah, I had a lot of fun. That's my Andrew. Overall. What about you, Jesse Plemons? Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna say that. No, he is my favorite part of the movie. He was hilarious. Uh, just whenever he's a supporting actor and he just allows himself to fully become just a weird zany character, kind of like in a, a game night, you know, where he just he just goes all in on that character. Same here with the prince. It's it's just so funny. The movie is funny. Uh, I'll say that it's a movie I'm glad I watched because I had a good time, but it's not one that I would seek out to rewatch. It's not like a, ooh, you guys feel like watching Jungle Cruise again? No. It was a one and done, but I'm glad I watched it. Yeah, I think fun is the key word here. I, I think it's obvious that was kind of the calling card of the production was let's just have fun, let's show fun, let's be fun. Um, there's also a creepy factor. Uh, to this movie that is it, it i mean for a pg-13 it, it doesn't pull any punches you know there's some real death uh brutal at times um you know bloodless but brutal and there are creatures and you know curses and all that kind of stuff similar to the pirates right pirates yeah, kind of deals in this same world as well um, so yeah, I, I think, I think I had just a lot of fun with, which you've got to do if you're doing Jungle Cruise, because like you mentioned, Lo, the ride is all about fun, right? The mm-hmm. ride is, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think when you are a captain of the Jungle Cruise, you have certain lines that you're given, and then you also have a little bit of freedom to, you know, introduce some of your own jokes. I mean, there's a, there's, there's a bit of a, a sort of, and this might seem silly for a, a minimum wage job at a theme park, but there's a bit of lore around skippers of the Jungle Cruise. They're definitely kind of the rock stars. I was never a skipper. I know people that were. So, like, there's a lot of, like, oh, they have to do this, they can't do that, blah, 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 like, and it's not mm-hmm. all accurate, but from what I understand, yeah, they've got they've got their set, you know, set of jokes, but they're allowed to kind of experiment and... It really you know, is kind of a stand-up about, comedy game. Oh, yeah. Right? It's all about yeah. dry humor and the puns. And, you know, uh, Dwayne Johnson's character, Frank, definitely is is delivering that. Like, he embodies... Dad jokes to the max. Hell, yeah. He embodies <laughs> the skipper mentality of, of the theme parks, for sure. I, uh, I, I mean, obviously... Uh, it would surprise no one to know that that's my favorite ride uh, at Disney, nice. uh, you know, because of the puns and the dry humor. And I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. I will say, I don't know that Dwayne Johnson gets pun delivery. I, I like he he's telling the jokes, but he's not like the dryness isn't there. And I listen, I know it's too dry, actually. Well, no, I think it's too wet. It's just, it's a lack of delivery. (laughs) For me, it was more in the reaction, because I agree with you, but for me, it was more in the reaction of the people that were on his boat. Like, when you're on the Jungle Cruise, like, you're there and you're like, yes, these jokes are funny. I'm going to laugh at them. Like, yes, they're Mm -hmm. silly and so obvious and like, 
over-the-top setups with, like, really dry punchlines that you're just kind of supposed to, like, groan at, but that's mm-hmm. part of the fun of it. But- Whereas the people that were on his boat in that kind of intro sequence were all, like, very confused. Like, what is happening? Yeah, so that yeah, changes like, They mistook the fact... They mistook the groaner idea of a pun, and they took the fun out of it. The idea yeah. is, like, yes, you groan, but you're also kind of laughing a little bit because you mm-hmm. know yeah, there's like, something oh, clever there. Oh, come like, on. Oh. He like, did they, get they, there. There's this cute moment where, like, a little girl was like, I don't know that I understand what you're saying. And then he, like, said something about a hippo. And she's like, hippos aren't native to the Amazon or whatever. And he just kind of was like, shh, don't tell them. And she kind of was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I'm in on the joke now. And yeah. it felt like, oh, we're almost there. Like, everybody's going to be in on the joke now. We're going to get the actual feeling of the ride. But they didn't actually go any further. <laughs> so, of course, uh, you know, my review of Jungle Cruise quickly devolves into delivery of puns. <laughs> I apologize. There's much more to this movie than that. In fact, that's really a very small part of mostly the front end of this movie. Yeah. Um, it is a part of his character, but they get a lot of those, like you said, those wink, wink, nudge, nudge lines out of the way, you know, pr- pretty quickly. So you're not waiting for them the whole movie, you know. Um, otherwise everybody's in the, th- and I shouldn't say everybody, a, a lot of people are in the theater going, when's the backside of water joke coming? When's yeah. the backside of water joke coming? Um, so yeah. Uh, who saw this in theaters? That's a good question. Uh, I didn't, I, uh, I did on Disney plus. Me too. Same. So, yeah. So if it wasn't on Disney plus, I would have gone to theaters. They're open here, but I was, I'm still at the point where I'm like, Hey, if there's an option not to be in public right now, mm-hmm. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I think fun is the key word. I think, uh, you know, um, Emily Blunt and, uh, Dwayne Johnson are having a good time together. I think they work well together. You already mentioned Jesse Plemons is really funny in this. Um, just absolutely chewing the scenery and having a good time. Jack Whitehall. Jack Whitehall is really funny (laughs) in this. Um, so, and then you've got, uh, Edgar Ramirez and a couple others, uh, who are playing kind of the villains of this. Paul Giamatti shows up for a bit. I, like bookends. <laughs> just like yeah. weird, weird Paul Giamatti yeah. bookends. Like this must be. He's like, hey, what are you doing he, this weekend? He pulls a classic <laughs> no, just to keep it on a, just to keep it on brand. He pulls a classic Matt Damon like uh, right. cameo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically. Yeah. Uh, that could actually lead into one of my cons. Sure, I go for it. I think that the movie should have stuck with just one villain Instead of having, you know, multiple, you know, different ways that this could go. I think it would have served the movie a lot better. I don't know which of the villains they should have stuck with. You know, one could have led more into the mysticism of it all. And the other could have just been evil, but could have had a lot of the funny lines. So it would have worked either way. But I don't think both of them together works. Yeah. I have opinions on that. Uh, Go for it. Mostly because I mentioned that I'm... Oh, I think I mentioned it during this. I at least did during the pre-show that I am a huge Pirates of the Caribbean fan. And uh, this is basically the plot. Like, the plot skeleton is taken from Dead Man's Chest. It's about a cursed crew. Instead of being part of the ship, they're part of the jungle. Um, each each of these different cursed crew members is, like, a different part of the jungle. We've got the honey guy and the... the the roots guy and the snake guy and, you know, all these different things very similar to the sort of like seashell guy and the hammerhead shark head person. And there's also your kind of real world grounded, greedy person in Jesse Plemons character or um, the uh, like Commodore or something in, in the pirates movies. Who's like after the heart, they, 
it's very much, it felt like a very similar plot and that they were just like, hey, we have this movie that did really well and it's also based off a ride. Let's just kind of like, it's not like word for word, but it's it's a very similar plot. No, yeah, it's definitely a, a play by numbers yeah. movie. Yeah, that was that was my biggest con, and the reason that I I almost landed and it was just okay. It it was so paint by numbers to me. I like it just as fun as it is, and as and another positive for me that we haven't talked about as beautiful as it is. I thought this movie was very beautiful uh, to look at. Um, I just I felt like. It just felt lazy in some ways because, you know, it, it it was one of those things where I feel like I've seen this plot before, not just in the Pirates movie, but mm-hmm. just it's just I don't know. Listen, I've talked before about Disney uh, understanding formula and going with formula, but even but within the formula, you have to do enough different to keep my brain activated so I don't feel like I'm watching the same movie again. And this one. This one bordered for me. Like it was like occasionally it was doing fine, and then sometimes I'm just like, yeah, yeah, of course they have to go find uh, some sort of object that's going to bring people back to life, and this is how what's going to happen, and the sacrifice is going to be this, and this is going to be that, and you know, um, and, mm. and apologies if any of that sounds spoilery. I don't think I gave any specifics, but I'm just saying, you know, I've seen it so much, it takes a lot of the adventure out of it for me. Um, this movie did have one moment. That was surprising, and it was in the in, in pretty much in the middle of the movie. It wasn't an end of the movie story turn. It was a middle of the movie story turn, and it actually surprised me. And, and I was back in. I was like, "Oh, that's you know, I didn't see that coming." That's I literally really had to tweet about it. I was so like, <laughs> I was like, "Oh my gosh, this twist just like whoa!" It like got me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it did have that, but for the most part, yeah, I'm I'm with you on it being kind of. Um, same as some, by numbers, yeah. some other things. Paint by numbers, yeah. Well, my biggest con with the movie is the fact that there is... It's the it's the ending in this movie. That's my biggest con with this movie is the ending. Because uh, it sets up this whole, you know, uh, this sacrifice, you know, this great thing. And you're like, wow, you, you got to make a decision now. What, what do you truly value and stuff like that? And then after a decision's made, it's like... Okay, but what if we just did this too? And I'm like, well, there's just retcons everything that you've been building to, you know? And yeah. it kind of ruined, not ruined, but a little bit for the movie for me, you know? Yeah. I uh, yeah. I also felt really like that movie. was sort of weak, but I was feeling that it was weak even before they made that decision to sort of have it both ways. There was a... Uh, Basically, you know, you're spending the movie choosing between, okay, are they going to go this way with the sacrifice or this way with the sacrifice? And one of them was very obviously the one that they should do, which is like what kind of was end up being chosen. And the other one felt very impersonal. Selfish. Very like, like it didn't, it didn't matter all that much. I would have almost, I mean, and this kind of comes down to, I wish that we'd gotten more into Lily's character. Because I felt like there were kernels of stuff. Like, she's very scared of, like, drowning and they never go into that. And I I kept expecting there to be a flashback or some sort of story. Because she has this history with the kind of mythology of this area of the Amazon. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, we're going to figure out, like, something traumatic happened to her. And that's why she's going after this this mystical uh, herb or whatever. And yeah. they never really went into it. So for me, it made the other choice like 
you go with that one. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 100%. Uh, did you guys think the CG was a little undercooked? Yes. It was so weird. <laughs> Yeah, I had I, especially the there's a there's a tiger in this movie. Uh, I don't think that gives up too much away. They're tigers near the jungle, um, but, but not uh, the Amazon. <laughs> not, not uh, usually, but in this case, jaguar is that sure? What well, okay, big cat, big scary <laughs> okay. cat, claws, teeth, murder cat. Accor- murder cat. That's how to Jack bad Whitehall. the CG was. I couldn't tell if it was a tiger or it wasn't a jaguar. That bad. <laughs> is that an elephant or a jaguar i can't tell he had like a pet monkey maybe i don't know <laughs> yeah um but no i did i did feel like it was a little undercooked like um there's it a just, it where felt... frogs were hopping that felt mm-hmm. they were like they yeah. were like gravity defying a little bit yeah which was sort of weird yeah yeah for such a heavy cgi movie it felt like the cgi was an afterthought yeah which is like, also strange because where they were just so inundated with CGI, they're like, "Oh yeah, this entire movie is going to be CGI," and you're like, "What?" And yeah. then yeah, you have three months to do the entire movie. It kind of felt like that. Well, and I, I always feel bad bringing this up, I and mean, maybe not bad, but at least uh, there, there's some texture to any conversation that involves this because you can talk about the CG being undercooked, and your your brain may immediately be like, you know, uh, those CG artists messed this up, and honestly. What I'm understanding more and more is that the pressure they're under and the time frame they're under just isn't enough to get this stuff right. And it's not really their fault um, that they are pretty much overworked and underpaid uh, part of most movies uh, at this point. So, um, I yeah, I think there's there's something about the demand of the, the time frame that maybe movies need to be a little more either willing to go practical or to take the time it needs, you know, to to really develop. I mean, people make fun of James Cameron for taking so long to deliver the Avatar movies, but that's a big part of it for him is he wants to get it right, and it takes time to get it right. And am um, I am so, I yeah. wrong here? I might just be making an assumption because it feels like every movie is like this nowadays. Uh, was this pushed back at all because of COVID? Like, was this supposed to be last summer? Because. <sighs> I don't know, oh, actually. Thanks. No? Okay, because I could also I no see idea. it being, like, an even more, like, you guys even had more time to work on this, like... <laughs> yeah. Like, the only one I know that was kind of close similarly in, like, style to this was Death on the Nile. That was pushed back. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about before we kind of finish up this review? Any last things? I have two things. Yeah, go for it. I've got one negative and one positive. My negative is... Uh, sort of kind of coming onto the more technical side of things is like the plot while I was like I recognize a lot of these these earmarks from other movies I was still it was fun it was fine it didn't really ruin the movie for me but um the editing was a bit strange there was a lot of times where they would cut from one scene to another with zero like establishing shot yes um there's specifically one that stuck out in my head where um like uh Lily like gets mad and she storms away. And then in the very next scene, she's sitting down with another character to like have a conversation. And it's very obviously an hour or more later because we cut after we've cut to them having this conversation, we cut to like the other characters kind of having like a sort of like party dinner, like bonfire thing. And it was like, why didn't we start with that cut to be like, Hey, it's a couple hours later. We're in a different location. We're in a different time frame. It just, and there were quite a few moments like that, that I was like, it feels like this movie, which was around two hours long, was originally two and a half hours long, and they were like, 
got to be two hours, like cut what you can type of thing. Uh, yeah, they're, they're just, it does feel a little chopped up at, at points. Um, and it wasn't I don't like think there were scenes missing. It was like no, there were no, no, no. shots missing was the right. weird part for me. Yeah, I think if I understand what you're saying, it's it's not as if that feeling where you can tell a movie has had something chopped out of the middle and stuff doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah, that's not that's definitely. not what we're talking about. The idea is that there's just some strange moment to moment editing choices that do- doesn't really confuse the story or the plot. Not at all. Just doesn't quite as make uh, make as much sense visually or uh, progressively uh, as it might. And then my um, yeah, I, I can see what you're my saying. My good thing is that after years of Disney saying our first LGBT character, our first LGBT character, and it's like a person in the background like hugging mm-hmm. someone of the same sex, right. they actually had like. A coming out scene that Mm -hmm. is not ambiguous. I mean, they never actually say the word gay, but it's like, it's not ambiguous. Like, you watch that scene and you're like, oh, this character is gay. 100%. -hmm. And I think they did a pretty good job with it. Like, they didn't focus on him. They didn't give this character a, like, a love interest or anything. But I think that given Disney's track record, (laughs) I'm like, oh, are we past the area of, or the era of these sort of like, bit cameos for like tokenism yeah. points <laughs> yeah so yeah it'll be interesting to see how that progresses and yeah. uh you know kind of how they they approach that topic specifically because it has been such a landmine topic for them yeah um you know on you, you know kind of uh how much they do it's too much for these people and not enough for these people and it's like it's it's a uh, it's been a an interesting thing to see them try to to figure that out and yeah I think for many people, it's, um, you know, it's almost hard to give praise because it's like, I, you know. Oh, too little, too late type of thing. (laughs) Absolutely. But I think Uh. in a vacuum, for me at least, um, it felt like it was enough. This movie wasn't trying to be, like, huge about that. They just had a character that was LGBT. Like, it wasn't a main focus or anything, but they, yeah, I just think that they did a good job of making it part of the world without it being a main focus. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, did you have any final thoughts? Uh, two things. This movie actually got me excited for the Uncharted movie. I'll say that. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, the other one is no post credit scenes. That would be my final thing as well. Not, not just Uncharted, but there is something about um, Explorer, Indiana Jones, Uncharted, like um tomb raider whatever it might be i there's yeah. something about these movies i really dig and you know i don't know if it's hey. the, i don't know if it's the puzzle solving i don't know if it's you know exactly what it is but um but i think a lot of it's environmental as well so uh so yeah anyways that would be my one last thing about it as well uh all right i think we can move on uh let's take a look at stillwater Allison came here for college, and that's where she met this girl, Lena. One night, she found Lena dead and called the police. All they cared about was Allison sleeping with some Arab girl. I loved her. I know you did. But everybody thinks that I killed her. We have exhausted every possible legal action. Is the lawyer not helping you? 
I'm doing it myself for now. I could help. Bill Baker, an American oil rig roughneck from Oklahoma, travels to Marseille to visit his estranged daughter, Allison, who's in prison for a murder she claims she did not commit. Confronted with language barriers, cultural differences, and a complicated legal system, Bill builds a new life for himself in France as he makes it his personal mission to exonerate his daughter. Uh, Matt Damon, front and center in this one, but you've also got Abigail Breslin playing the daughter, Allison. Um, Camille Cotton uh, in here as well. Uh, what did you guys think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Andrew, you get to kick us off this time. You know, for a 19-hour movie, I thought this one was actually okay. <laughs> it's a little less than 19. A little it's less a little than 19. Uh, Lo, what about you? I liked it. Um, it was love it for almost the whole movie, and then I... Some stuff happened at the end that it wasn't my We're going to have to have a SIF spoil on this one, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to have a SIF spoil on this one. I agree. I, there's enough here that I don't feel comfortable talking about, um, spoiler-wise, that I think we should do a SIF spoil on this one. Um, I I understand what you're saying, Lo. I am in the mid to high liked it. I think this is a really good movie. Um, I actually dig the end and maybe we can talk more about that in the in the SIF spoil. It's one of it's one of my favorite things about some of the choices that this movie makes. Um, and this movie makes choices. Can we start there? It sounds like I like it the most. So I guess I'll just I'll just Go start. For it. This movie this movie makes choices. Like it it's not it, it's <laughs> not one of those movies that um, kind of just kind of lays everything in the easiest place. Like it puts its characters in positions and places, its protagonists in positions and places, character traits of the people that we're, you know, uh, learning about. Um, it makes it very complex and it's just not something that a lot of stories do in this way. Um, this is Tom McCarthy directing this who uh, did Spotlight, right? Spotlight. Um, as well as some others, um, the Pete's Dragon remake. Since you know we've had a Disney <laughs> conversation, that was Tom Tom McCarthy as well. Um, so yeah, no, I just uh, I, that's not true. I'm sorry, I was thinking of the um, David Lowry. I, I apologize. I saw the Green Knight recently as well, which we can talk about at some point. Uh, anyhow, uh, yes, we will. <laughs> anyhow, uh, this one is uh, is really really well done, and you can see that Tom McCarthy knows what he's doing here. Um, and you know, Matt Damon is, is kind of doing more character acting than I've seen him do, uh, in a while, uh, which I, which I really, really dug. Um, yeah, I just, I, I have, I have lots of stuff we can talk about, but I, I want to hear from you guys some more. Um, what are some things that, that you guys liked about it or didn't or, or whatever? Lo, do you want to go next? Sure. Um, I think coming into this, I am quite familiar with the case that this is, inspired by they were it's so tangential <laughs> i know they were really like, leaning into it with their marketing though and then the person in question was like hey i don't appreciate this and all of a sudden all of the marketing pulled pulled away the like based on sure. this story um yeah. so i'm sort of aware of that because i'm from seattle which is where the person is from i'm trying not to like name because they sure. don't want to be associated I, with it so i'm like correct respect correct i appreciate but that. i but i'm familiar with the case I think just because I was like a high schooler when it was happening and, and seeing all of that go down. 
And then also I spent my childhood in France. I grew up in France. So I was already like, Ooh, yes. Like I love movies that are set in France, especially there's a ton of French in this movie that wasn't translated. And I was like, I know what everybody's saying. (laughs) (laughs) has nothing to do with the movie, but it was very fun for me in the theater. (laughs) Um, But I, again, I just to echo you, I think Matt Damon, this is like, this is a character study of his character and it's definitely a vehicle for Matt Damon to just stretch his dramatic chops. Um, And I think it definitely serves that purpose very well. And he does amazing as he is wont to do. He's Matt Damon. He's a phenomenal actor. Um, I think the supporting cast was all fantastic as well um, Mm -hmm. of the mother and daughter that he meets in Marseille. And then his, his own daughter, even the grandmother who's like kind of a lesser character. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a young, young, there's like a 20 something boy that's in this movie that also I think for the small amount of free screen time he got was amazing. I thought everybody did mm-hmm. a really good job. Um, it leans into some, uh, not to always be the like left leaning hippie here, but like leads into <laughs> a lot of like racism issues that are happening in France right now. And touches on those, which I think is, and I think handled them well in like a very complex way. And yeah, there's just a, there's a lot to really, really like here. Again, there was just a little thing that happened near the end that wasn't my favorite, but what can you do? (laughs) Uh, uh, Andrew, what about you? I know 15 guys that this character Matt Damon is doing is based off of. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like you can tell he spent some time, you know, working on an oil rig or, you know, with roughnecks or yeah. If you just replace that Cabela's cap with a Bass Pro Shop cap, <laughs> I know, I know that guy. Like yeah. I know, I work with every single guy I work with is that guy. Yeah. But it was really fascinating because he, because I know that person, it felt so real to me. Mm-hmm. Like seeing him perform the way he performs, I was like, that's exactly how this guy would act if you went to France. He wouldn't try to blend in with the culture or anything he would be 100 percent unabashedly american Mm -hmm. like while he was there yeah now granted matt damon does try to learn some french and stuff like that but uh it's this movie reminds me of taken if the special set of skills that liam neeson had was construction (laughs) and procrastination that's what this movie reminds me of yeah it's uh it's a long movie. This movie, I I will say this, for however long this movie is, it felt three times longer than it really was, but I was still engaged. I was engaged throughout this movie, but I also was so aware of the time. I was so aware, like, it's, it's not moving forward. The movie tries to go back and forth between him and it, what was initially his primary objective was to try and get his daughter out of jail and then also falling in love with this family that has taken him in, you know, and becoming a family. So going back and forth in between those stories kind of left me halfway thinking like the movie didn't know what it wanted to be. I 100% disagree. Um, and it looks like you're getting some agreement from Lowe. So I may be the odd, <laughs> odd, odd person this out here. This is three here. different movies. And like each um, act was the different movie. 
I thought there's some prisoners in here. There's some <laughs> man. I thought it was taken. all. I thought it was all integrated really, really well, and I thought it all served the overall movie. Like the stuff you're talking about with the the family, I think is introduced beautifully. I think it's introduced naturally. I think you know it. It feels at place with what's going on. It doesn't feel forced. Um, you know, and then it it says something about his character. The complexity of this movie, I don't think, works without that stuff. Um, you know, I think we need that stuff to feel the the tension of the complexity the movie is trying to give us uh, with that character. Um, and I, I actually thought it went back and forth really, really nicely. Uh, I felt like when it went to the family stuff, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm ready to see more of this stuff. And then when it went to other stuff, I was like, oh, yeah, let's get back to this. So... Um, I had a different experience in that, and you know, uh, my wife and I remarked how um, how it didn't feel as long as it was. Like we were like, "Oh, that was longer oh, than gosh. we thought it was," because um, we were just in it. it. We were just in it with the characters and experiencing it, and um, and so yeah, I had I had a different experience in that regard. Um, but I, I understand what you're saying. I just had a different experience, I guess, with the I, the material. I will say that the uh, the relationship that Bill, who is Matt Damon's character, has with the young girl Maya. It feels like one of the most genuine, like heartfelt, emotional, you know, uh, relationships I've ever seen. She it's was so, so good. Great. She was she so is, like, good. One of the best child actors I've seen uh, in, I'm gonna, in a long time. I'm going to attempt to pronounce her name. Lo, you should probably Lilu. do this rather than me. But yeah, I think it's Lilu Soviod. Sov- I, I would say Sovad is probably closer. Sovad. But uh, okay. but yeah, Li- Lilu maybe. Um. Yeah. I'm not going to so, claim to be an expert. Absolutely. But. <laughs> absolutely wonderful. Um, and yeah, so I think I th- I think their relationship is key to this movie. I will also say yeah. I liked uh, the private investigator that was brought in. Musa mm-hmm. uh, uh, Maskri, yeah. I think is the actor's name. And um, some re- again, some really complex, interesting things going on with that character. And I don't know. I just... I was really impressed. I, about him. I, I was really impressed with technically how McCarthy told this story and how he uh, kept me interested in all these moving pieces. And I was never confused. Like I was never like, "Wait, what? How is that? How oh, did yeah. that happen?" It wasn't like, a confusing movie. No, um, but there was a lot going no. on. But yeah. I was never confused. Um, so. Yeah, and maybe you can only do that when you you know make the movie two two hours and twenty minutes long or whatever it was. But um, but yeah. Anyhow, uh, other thoughts from you guys, positive or negative? I'm actually with Aaron on liking the ending of this movie. I really well, do. Well, and when I say <laughs> the ending, I mean a certain decision that actually happens about 30 minutes before the ending. I like the okay, ending, I get that. but there's yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk. About okay, it. okay. Yeah, we'll talk yeah. about it. Yeah, but I, I I really liked it. It uh, that's whenever I think the movie picked up and got back on track for me whenever I was like, okay, yeah, let's do this. You know, we've been, we've been fixing faucets and, <laughs> and, uh, sinks for the last three and a half years. It's, <laughs> it did not feel like that to me. That's so interesting. It, it was it, such a long movie. I walked, I walked into that movie. I had so many birthdays and then I left. <laughs> it was, this was a, this was your beach from old. Yeah. The yes, two hours that you were there, you aged like 10 years. <laughs> yeah, there was mold growing in my <laughs> cup of soda because it had just been sitting there for so long. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Lo, anything uh, that you, anything else you wanted to chat about? I mean, about the acting was one? phenomenal. I feel like that's definitely the, the best thing about this movie. Um, I thought it was actually really well shot, too. I mean, like, this isn't the type of movie yeah. that you go in saying, like, oh, the cinematography, but there's quite a few uh, pretty and interesting shots that they did um, throughout it. There's a whole, there's yeah. a whole section, probably Andrew aged about five years during this section, but I really enjoyed <laughs> it. Probably. There's, there's I a whole gray in my hair. Look at this. <laughs> I was a young man when I saw this movie. There's a whole section involving, um, I'll just say this to give away as little as possible, but involving uh, going to a, a cliff and diving mm-hmm. and swimming and, there's a whole s- segment of the movie, uh, not just that part, but around that uh, happening, what's happening in that section of the movie. And I thought it yeah. was just so affecting and beautiful and compassionate and empathetic. And it's just, it's it's wild to, you know, to see where this, to think about where this movie goes in hindsight, like watching that scene and just, you know, how much... Um, you know what we're supposed to take from that. I guess I would ask you guys. So, what do you think this movie is about? Without getting spoilery, what do you what do you think this um, this movie is saying? Because I have some thoughts, but I want I want to hear you guys. Uh, I'll let Lo go first because I got to remember every single thing this movie was trying to say because it was saying more than one thing. I mean, I, I I have to say I agree that the movie was long, but I don't think I felt like it was as long as you thought it was. I'm like in between you guys. Um, I mean, I would say that this is about like a father-daughter relationship and honestly it's about two father-daughter relationships um Mm -hmm. running parallel to each other and i think that that's interesting and i think it did a really good job of saying many things about Mm -hmm. those relationships it was really complex and there was some mirroring going on and definitely andrew did you have any thoughts yeah, uh, I think this movie uh, also deals with regret. I think mm-hmm. regret mm-hmm. is one of the big factors in this movie. Absolutely, uh, trying trying to get it right the, yes. the second time around, I guess. Uh, but also, I think that this movie is try. I'm going to try and say this without getting into spoilers. Um, you know, not following in someone's footsteps, I guess, like a afraid of becoming someone, I guess mm-hmm. would be a, a safe way of saying it. But I hope you, I hope you guys and those who have seen the movie know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, I think that the movie's really saying that. And actually, the very, very last scene of this movie makes me go, what is your home? Mm-hmm. You know, what is your home? Because... There's a scene uh, halfway through the movie where Abigail Breslin, who plays Matt Damon's daughter, by the way, she is giving a really good performance. She's restrained. It's very easy for that character to... I think it would be very easy for somebody to portray that character, you know, in a very different way that I don't think would be as powerful, actually. I think the restraint she shows really feels like she's hiding the emotions she wants to let out. Um... But I th- there's a conversation that Matt Damon and her have, um, you know, about their relationship with each other and uh, and trying to understand one another. And then there's a- another conversation at the very end of this movie, and I feel like it's not the same people. Hmm. If if that's not really it, getting 
too into spoilers. I hope not, but uh No, I I think I understand what you're saying. I don't know that I 100% agree, but I do think I under, understand what you're saying. I for me, I think if I'm parsing a lot of what what's going on here, this is a movie about uh, and this kind of, I think kind of combines both of what you guys were saying, but it's about human relationship and the idea of when you have care for someone, when you love someone, sometimes it's hard to understand what the limits of that is. Like sometimes it's hard to understand how to process, emo- you know, strong emotions in, in those kind of things. Every character is dealing with strong emotions about someone they love. Um, and yeah. every character in this movie makes a decision at some point based on those strong emotions that may or may not be a good decision. Um, and I think this this movie is saying it is messy being a human and being in relationships. It is very messy and complex, and it doesn't always feel like it's easy to draw those lines between right and wrong um, when you care about someone. And uh, and just scene after scene after scene to me seem seem to kind of play in that same playground you know that i i idea of um what are my limits uh when i love someone how do i show that um how do i make good decisions uh what is the right decision uh in this case based on how how much i love this person um so yeah and it's definitely you're absolutely right lo there's a lot of mirroring going on with father daughter stuff um and i think that plays in again in that same playground of um you know the depth of love in the in the places it it takes us um yeah maybe in spoilers i'll give it because there, there there really are several several choices that characters in in this movie make um specific choices where it's like i think that was the the wrong choice like i think that was morally wrong i think that's the and point I, it is that's what i'm saying the, the yeah. point is like when you when you feel something so strongly as a human, it is sometimes harder to see those lines um, than when you're outside of it. Like us watching it yeah. can go, I'm seeing some lines here that you're crossing, but I think we all know as humans, those lines blur when you yeah. love someone or when you care about someone, and it's 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 more difficult. And the movie is so honest about that, and it's yeah. it's just a very real human thing. So, yeah. We were actually giving, whenever we were talking about Jungle Cruise, we were giving that movie flack for being really paint-by-numbers, not only for, like, the Disney formula, but also, Mm -hmm. like, how we expect the movie to go. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that this movie decides to go in whatever feels like the most natural way, and whatever is the most natural way isn't always what is the most, I guess, uh, script-friendly, you know, tempo-based, you know, way to go. And... uh, I, I, you know what? If they hadn't have shot this movie in real time over four years, I think that this movie. <laughs> we get it. We get it. The movie's too long for you. Well, there you go. Uh, some thoughts on Stillwater. Uh, yeah, you can check out Stillwater in theaters. Jungle Cruise is on Disney Plus and also in theaters. Before we get on to the best ever challenge for the week, just a reminder that if you would like to support what goes on at Sif Pop, you are certainly welcome to do that, and we appreciate it. That happens at Patreon, patreon.com slash Uh, Like I said, for our members-only show this week, the bonus episode, we talked about Disney rides based on movies and maybe some other rides that would make good movies and some of the rides uh, made into movies uh, in the past. I will tell you, there were many I didn't even know about that Lowe introduced me to that uh, Disney's made based on rides. Uh, Members can check that out in their own uh, podcast feed without ads. Um, You may want to look at uh, the level that has the ad-free podcast feed. Um, That is at patreon.com slash 
Sift Pop, thank you so much for your support, and uh, we can keep going because of it. So thanks. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right. Uh, best ever Matt Damon movies. Um, let's do it. He has been in a lot. Some of them he's in for five seconds, <laughs> but uh, he is in them. Um, we will go number five to number one, and uh, of course, if you have something higher, feel free to trump it. Trump, and we will uh, we will wait until the person <laughs> who has it at the highest. Uh, all right, number five. Um, I'll start. I'll kick us off. Uh, I have Goodwill Hunting at number five. Same. Um, nice. Load, would you like to join us? Change your list. Uh, uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not your fault, Low. It's okay. It's not your I've fault. I've seen it. It's, it's not... a good movie. Low, okay. Low. It's not. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not, it's not your my fault. fault. That's one of the, okay. I know. I know. We're making. We're doing a bit right now. But can we honestly say that that's not one of the most powerful scenes? Oh, it's such an ever. incredible scene. Yeah. 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 And this movie has them. And I think one one of the things that's so appealing about this movie is, again, how genuine Damon and Affleck feel in it because you can tell it's from their experience. Like, you know, it's yeah. based where they grew up. It's, you know, very Boston uh, area. And you, you can tell, like, you know, Matt Damon was never uh, necessarily going to be a mathematical genius the way that's portrayed in this movie that sounded like i was saying he's not smart that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying he does like apples (laughs) he does like apples. i'm just saying it's not literally his life story but it is very much grounded in characters that they know very well and you it just feels so natural through the whole movie Mm -hmm. and of course robin williams is just doing incredible stuff here as well so so good so yeah i had to mention it yeah absolutely uh you want to go with your number five andrew it was Goodwill Hunting. hunting. <laughs> it's not. It's it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not. It's not your fault. Uh, Lo, what do you Aaron, got? It's in, not your fault. Le, what do you got at uh, your number five? Uh, mine is True Grit, the remake, uh, the 2010 remake. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I'm I've seen the original True Grit a number of times. My dad's a huge western fan, so I grew up watching westerns. We went and saw this together in hey. theaters. So there's a lot of like personal 
feelings and nostalgia wrapped up in this as well, but I think Matt Damon turns in a fantastic performance. I think everyone in this movie does does a really great job and it's a it's a very it's a very like western <laughs> without mm-hmm. getting too I, much into it. I actually saw this before Gosh. I saw the original. Um mm. so the original I just saw the original within the last few months oh, wow. for the first time and um and I liked it. Um one of my one of my uh, more uh favorite John Wayne performances um you know from some of his other stuff that I had have also watched recently because I've been trying to catch up on some westerns some classic westerns those kind of things because it's just never been my genre. This is a completely different movie than the original. Oh. Like, oh, absolutely. The, I mean, there are some. It's a western. You actually have to watch its subtitles. Spoken <laughs> you in look, English. You look at right. any of these, like, uh, and it's not like there's been a ton, but like, Three Ten to Yuma was another one right around this time where they're like remaking uh-huh. older western movies, and like, wow, they really change yeah. them to make them like more appealing to a modern audience. But mm-hmm. that's fine. Yeah. But it's good. It's <laughs> really they good. Make it's a good choice. Genuine. I think mm-hmm. they make them more genuine. To, like, I agree. <laughs> what it was like like the old i know we're not talking about it but the old three ten to yeah. yuma the ending of that movie is so much cheery cheerier and happier and that's like the, the last the thing you would say about <laughs> the, the remake yeah. but yeah no it's it's just yeah. a and i mean like a fairly young Haley steinfeld i mean this was like one of her early mm-hmm. roles i think this was like i think this was her big yeah debut, uh fantastic I did think. she get an oscar nomination for this am i crazy yeah yeah no, she um, if I remember correctly, I couldn't tell if you were saying Yalo's crazy or yeah, she got it. <laughs> they can both be true. Two so. things can be true. <laughs> That's two things can be true. Low, it's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, all right, let's move on to our number fours. Uh, this uh, might get trumped. I have Interstellar at number four. Yeah, Trump. I couldn't, right. you know, I couldn't in good conscience put Interstellar in this. He's so not in it. <laughs> He's in it for like, no, hey, that's not what no, no, that's not no. what the thing is. He's literally in the movie. I don't I know. know what you're... <laughs> He's like, it's fine. It's fine. It's a fantastic well, welcome movie. Welcome to the best ever challenge. Hey, this is how we play. You know, I say this <laughs> yeah. as someone who has historically made very strange choices in her best ever challenge sure, list. Sure, sure. <laughs> Uh okay, Andrew, what uh what's your number four? You ready for this? Sure. Team America World Police. Whoa! <laughs> I didn't nice. even know he was in that, like off the top of my head. Are you kidding me? He says his own name like fifteen times. No, I haven't seen that Matt movie in a long Damon. time. <laughs> yeah. Matt Damon. Yeah. Are, am I gonna get a uh, am I gonna get a veto here? No, Aaron? no, not at all. No, no, go for it. Okay, yeah, Matt Damon. <laughs> uh, this is one of the funniest movies ever made. It's yeah. still one of the funniest movies ever made. Yeah, and um, I, it holds a very special place in my heart because it, I I think this is the hardest I've ever laughed in a movie theater was at this movie. So. Wow, that's saying something. Well, that it came out something. when yeah. I was 14, and I think I saw it when I was 14, and I haven't seen it since, so maybe I should revisit it <laughs> as an adult. Your adult eyes may work better on okay. this one. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. I remember I'm hating saying, it. I remember thinking yeah, it was I'm really not, bad. Listen, I'm not saying 14-year-old Low wasn't uh, intelligent enough <laughs> or advanced enough or cosmopolitan enough to understand it's this. Fine. Uh, I'm I'm just saying your adult eyes may serve you okay. well. Um, 
but uh, you can check it out. I mean, you at least got the Eiffel Tower on the poster, so you know you've got that yeah. France connection. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. Uh, what do you got at number four, Lo? Yeah. I have the Brothers Grimm, which coincidentally only came out a year later. <laughs> than nice. Movie. Um, I'm I'm a really big uh, fan of Heath Ledger. Um, and I think both of them play against type in this movie, especially at the time that this movie was coming out, where Heath Ledger was the leading man in everything. He was a bit of a heartthrob. And you got Matt Damon playing the little bit more like the character drama, you know, kind of kind of characters. And they swapped that, which I thought was really interesting. Um, I love fairy tales. It's definitely the type of movie that I wouldn't suggest to everyone, um, even though I love it. It kind of was at the beginning of that whole like let's do everything dark and gritty thing that took over the late 2000s and into the 2010s so when it came out it wasn't overdone yet (laughs) and now looking back it's like one in a sea of those but i really liked it it's a weird movie it's very campy it's uh it's it's like high form over function like it's definitely not a movie for everyone but it is one of my all-time favorite movies so i had to put it on here very well. That's what it's for. That's what it's for. Uh, all right. I remember on. seeing it when it came out, but I don't remember much about it. I don't remember much about it either. I know I saw it as it's, well, but it's it just didn't stay with me. Just they took a bunch they're the, of. They're the yeah, I mean, they basically. I know the title, took, kinda, know the title says. Yeah, they it, basically but. take Grimm Brothers <laughs> and like turn them into sort of like. It's very much uh, in the same vein as like Van Helsing and League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, if you've seen yeah. either of those more recently, mm-hmm. where they kind of take yeah. these sort of literary characters now granted these were two actual real people that you know they turned into kind of like action heroes for no reason (laughs) yeah yeah i think if i remember correctly you 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 love the movie so weren't they like at the beginning of this movie they're like faking these like supernatural events but then like some real supernatural stuff they're they're kind of conning people into thinking that they're being haunted or there's a witch or there's a this or a that and then they'll come and save the day from their fake haunting and then somebody enlists them when they've got a real issue that they're dealing with and then they yeah. have to actually yeah. deal with that. You know, it's the plot of a bug's yeah. life. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, it works. It works, Andrew. It works. <laughs> I'm just trying to remember the bug's life The, now. the, the, bro- like, the, the brothers are the circus bugs yeah. that come in and have to fake fight off the grasshoppers. It works. It's flawless. Oh, yeah. Don't look too deep at it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all there. It's all there. Uh, no, I'm all picking right. up what you're putting down. Uh, I think we're on to our number threes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. My number three is The Martian. Trump. Uh, I figured you might. Figured you might. Uh, what's your number three, Andrew? This is where I have Interstellar. All right. Well, let's talk about it. Yeah, uh, he's in it. <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> Don't blink. You'll miss him. Um Actually, no, he has a very fascinating part in this movie, and the what he's doing with the whole... Uh, 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 it's one of those mov- movies I really don't want to spoil, even to this day, I think, you know, mm-hmm. it's one, like, if you haven't seen it, I would say, you know what, just before somebody spoils it, you need to go and sit down. I've said so much about this movie already, so I'll just say, I'm going to echo everything I've ever said about Interstellar. It's yeah. one of the greats. Yeah, it was interesting. I remember the first time I watched Interstellar, I was like, I love this movie. I think I was, it was around the same time as Gravity, right? Like, weren't they? I think Gravity um, was like a year or two before. I think. Just yeah. within a, within a couple yeah. of years of each other, at least. Yeah, yeah. And I uh, and Gravity was first. Am I am I correct on on that? Uh, yeah. um, oh, they're a year yeah. apart, and yeah, Gravity was first. 
Okay. So my memory isn't terrible. Um, uh, well, at least not in this case. But I remember coming into it and thinking, oh, this is very much gravity. And I think that affected my first watch through. But I remember by the end, I was like, oh, no, there's some really interesting things going on here that I need to revisit. By the time I got through the second time, I was like, oh, this is a work of genius. Of course it is, you know, always turns out that way. And then by the third time through, I was like, okay, so Nolan isn't human. I get it. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Uh, so he's, he's an alien sent here to communicate us the truths of the world uh, using uh, time-based <laughs> shenanigans. Uh, and Hans Zimmer. And Hans Zimmer. Uh, no, I love this movie. I think it's amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, Matt Damon is in this movie. I don't know if you know that. Uh, In fact, I think Matt Damon has more screen time in Interstellar than Anthony Hopkins does in Silence of the Lambs. So, you know, there's... That's interesting. That's that's an interesting uh, little tidbit, if that's true. Yeah, but only one of them one lead actor. Low is Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs? No, I would have to say yes, but... (laughs) Okay, all right. Um, so I love this movie. I, think I bet Interstellar is longer than Silence of the Lambs, though. I, this is true. We could do percentage <laughs> of the movie. We could do percentage of the movie. Uh, I had it at number four. Andrew had it at number three. Good, good stuff. Uh, what do you got at number three, Lo? I have Spirit Styling of the Cimarron, 2002 wow. DreamWorks movie, which... With a sequel that just came the out. The sequel is awful. Don't watch it. Okay. Right. <laughs> it totally ruins the first movie. You know, in in a long line of uh, animated kind of direct to DVD, now direct mm-hmm. streaming sequels, it's not great. But uh, I this movie is fantastic. Um, Matt Damon is in voiceover the entire time, like he's the voice of the main horse. But like this isn't a talking animals movie. Um, he's narrating as like kind of the thoughts of the horse, kind of, mm-hmm. and he's telling the story. I think it is a wildly complex and nuanced look at um, like cowboys and Indians, like all that sort of stuff that Mm -hmm. looks into colonialism and it's like for children. And I think they do it really, really well. I've watched this movie many times and I always think that it holds up and it's kind of having a bit of a renaissance. I've been seeing some people watch it again for the first time, probably because of the sequel that just came out and, and seeing some people be like, Oh wow, this is a good movie. I'm like, I knew. I've been watching it. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Spirit is the name of the movie. Um, yeah. I haven't seen it. I don't think I've seen this one. What? I think it's, I mean, it's got to be on Netflix, right? If they just came out with that sequel on Netflix. You would think it's somewhere. Is it Disney? It's or DreamWorks. Or it... No, it's DreamWorks. Um, it's, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's good. I, I, I would recommend it. I think that it's uh, definitely holds up and is a nice. solid movie. All right, let's do our number twos. Um, I have Ocean's Eleven at number two. It's in my um, runner-ups. I, I, this is so good. Um, this is like pure joy to watch. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, um, as are all these movies we're talking about, actually. Um, and yeah, I just... It's like Matt Damon knows what he's doing. It's almost like he does. It's almost like he does. Uh, so yeah, I've said a lot about Ocean's Eleven already, uh, but, um, but yeah, I love it. Love to watch it. Could watch it over and over again and over and over again for 19 hours. <laughs> Basically the same amount of no, time this... it takes to watch Stillwater. I think Ocean's Eleven, like the new Star Trek trilogy that's come out, is a testament to good casting and chemistry within casting sure. a giant ensemble. Because this group is, they flow and they work together so well. It's like they've known each other for decades, it feels like. 
the heist thing is so good, good in this. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's, it's so good. It's just such a great like structurally, uh, you know, the heisting stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, good all right, number two. Uh, I'm going to go with The Departed. Mm-hmm. Yep, had it in my honorable mentions. This is, uh, I think this was the first movie I ever saw when I first got to college. Like, I think it came out, like, right as soon as, like, my freshman year. All the new people were like, hey, you guys want to go see a movie together? And then we all went and saw The Departed, and we left changed people afterwards <laughs> because some some stuff happens in this movie. Um, have you have either of you seen Infernal Affairs, the original movie this is uh, based off of? I don't think I have, actually. I've been mm. told I need to, but I don't think I don't think it's, I've... It's a, it's really good. The Departed's better, but uh, it's a uh, it's an interesting look because whereas in Infernal Affairs, it's really much about you know just the these the main three, I guess you could say, uh, DiCaprio, Damon, and uh, Nicholson. Um, I think Infernal Affairs is more spread out and it doesn't feel as personal, so you don't really feel as invested for each of these characters like you do in the departed mm-hmm. i also like in the departed how they make boston like a, a character that even though i've been there once it, it feels like i like as i was watching the movie I, I i became more comfortable with knowing like this environment and how people are supposed to mm-hmm. act and stuff like that uh that a lot of that comes with you know a lot of the characters either being from or being very familiar with boston and everybody praises Damon and DiCaprio for, for their performances. But honestly, I think the person who steals this movie is Jack Nicholson. His interpretation of this Whitey Bulger-based character is so phenomenal. It's so exaggerated, yet it feels realistic, like a, a criminal who is that close to just mentally losing his mind, like... He's channeling the Joker while he's also channeling Whitey Bulger. And it's such a fascinating and haunting version of this character. I love this movie. Also, the ending of this movie is beyond insane. Nice. Hello, uh, what do you got at number two? Number two is another animated movie and is also a DreamWorks movie, uh, Titan A.E., oh. um, which is lesser known even than Spirit. Uh, I would say, um, but is a fantastic sci-fi movie, a gorgeous animated movie. I mean, Don Bluth, if you are into animation at all, is one of the greats, in my opinion. And he uh, has done a lot of fantastic movies over the years. Anastasia, um, like The Land Before Time, uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven. You've got a very distinct animation style. And uh, this is... Very unique. Um, Matt Damon is the lead character, and he exudes that sort of like, you know, honestly, I was just talking about how in the Brothers Grimm, he kind of plays like a leading kind of cocksure character. Does that again here really, really well. And I feel like we don't see that from him super often. So it, uh, yeah, it, uh, I don't want to like get super into it. Have either of you even seen it? It's a movie that a lot of people have never heard of, let alone seen. I've heard of it, but just never got around to see. Yeah, it. I haven't. I don't think I've gotten around to see this either. I may have and just have forgotten it, but I, I don't this think is I have. What you get for inviting an animation obsessed person? Love it. <laughs> on no, your I show. love it. I love it. Hey, 
90 percent of the time it's just aaron and i rearranging each other's lists that's right you you bring you bring the freshness yeah it's a it's a fantastic sci-fi movie and i think if you are somebody who really enjoys sci-fi you're doing yourself a disservice by not having seen this at least once it's really solid very well done and like gorgeous just absolutely gorgeous I remember when this came out, the people were saying that this was the movie that was pushing the next wave of what we should expect from uh, computer animated movies. Like it was like a step above what had been done before. And it came out in two thousand, so that's like right around the time that Disney was doing similar stuff with like Dinosaur. If you remember that movie coming yeah. out, which was like live action mm-hmm. with animated dinosaurs, and like yeah, they were doing a lot of interesting yeah. stuff all around that time with three D animation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. I think it's time for our number ones. Uh, I would be very surprised if uh, Andrew and I don't have the same number one. Um, but uh, I could be wrong. I could absolutely be wrong. Uh, I have Saving Private Ryan uh, at number Trump. one. Uh, I got higher than number one. <laughs> it's in my runners up. <laughs> yeah, Saving uh, Ryan's private. This this movie, um, this movie that has a uh, female name in the title. Don't is, you dare! Don't you dare! It's one of my uh, favorite Matt Damon movies. Uh, no, this is this is incredible stuff. Uh, again, we've talked about this a lot because it's way high up on both of our best ever lists. So it finds its way into a lot of best ever challenges. Uh, Andrew, yeah. do you have anything else you <laughs> want to say? <laughs> Even when they shouldn't. Even when they shouldn't. Do you have anything else you want to say about uh, Saving Private Ryan? Uh, no, it's uh, one of the most important and one of the greatest movies ever made. And of course, Steven Spielberg did it. Yep. So there you go. Yeah, all around. Uh, Lo, I think we're aware of your number one the as Martian. well. There's someone you've trumped that you haven't talked about. Yeah, you got The Martian at number one. I had it at number three. Uh, kick us off. What are some of the things you love about uh, The Martian? I have already mentioned that I really love sci-fi. And this is, this is pretty uh, grounded sci-fi as far as sci-fi goes, but still technically sci-fi, near future type of stuff and uh mm-hmm. or hard sci-fi as they like to say and once again i think that i just love when we get matt damon being a sort of like like a very confident sort of thing i think that he plays that character really well and it speaks to me for whatever reason so i love i think it's a simultaneously hilarious and heartfelt and sad movie while being hopeful and i've watched it so many times since it came out gosh, six years ago now, and read the book, which is fantastic. Um, Andy Weir is so good. His newest book is also really, really good. (laughs) It's so good. I love the, uh, it's, uh, what was it called? Um, uh, I just read it. The Venusian? No, it's called Project Hail Mary. The the Jupiterian? Yeah, Project Hail Mary was amazing. The Saturnite? (laughs) Yeah. Rocky. Rocky is my new favorite oh, character. Love it. I love a, I, I really want to yeah. see them adapt that to a movie as well because I love a. They are. They are? Ryan Gosling. Already? Yeah, it Ryan just Gosling came out like a few it. months ago. <laughs> Welcome to the Weir cast. <laughs> but yeah. yes, uh, The Martian. Hey, I'd be all right with doing an Andy Weir podcast. Yeah. Um, it's, it, I mean, like, we're already kind of talking about the novels, but the novel itself is already a, just sublimely written and the characterization of Matt Damon's character, whose name is slipping my brain, but um, is Mark, Mark Watney is so funny and, you know, a, a little turned up for maybe what would be realistic in the situation, but I think it works so well, both in the book and then when Matt Damon gets his hands on it, it just, oh, it's brilliant acting, gorgeous movie. 
it's it's definitely where you guys are talking about same fry ryan just always making it if i can fit the martian into a best ever challenge i'm gonna do it it's one of my favorite movies of all time yeah nice i get that totally understand it i love it yeah yeah i actually think that his personality that uh that comedic you know upbeat even narcissistic element of him that's really what gets him through the Mm -hmm. movie if he was, and I think that that's something that you see a lot if you ever see uh, like interviews and stuff with like uh, Neil Armstrong or uh, Buzz Aldrin, any of those guys, they all have that rock star mentality. Like, we are the best of the best, and we're going to own it and drive I mean, sports cars and stuff like that. shoot yourself in a rocket into outer space where if any little thing goes wrong, you die, you kind of have to <laughs> have that sort of, yeah. like, indestructible yeah. thought process. Yeah. There you go. I'm with you. I love this movie. It yeah, was it's so, so great. It was actually my runner-up. If, if, uh, if I was going to get vetoed for Team America... <laughs> Then uh, I was going to put The Martian at my number five. <laughs> uh, we didn't have any in all three of our lists. Uh, two of us had Saving Private Ryan at number one. Um, you know, number one, Martian. Number three, The Martian. So, yeah, there's some good stuff there to check out. Interstellar yep. also um, on two of the lists. And a third person just didn't feel like it uh, It counted. For some <laughs> it wasn't that it didn't count. It was hey, just that I it's had 15 movies and I was like, these are all my favorite Matt Damon ones. And I love animated yeah. movies. So it's going to get knocked uh, out. I will throw out <laughs> Ford men- v. Ferrari for honorable mention. Um, I rewatched it two days ago. It's so good, right? It's, it's really, really good. We had some issues with this movie. And I'll say I like the movie more this time around, but I still stand by all the issues I originally had with that movie. Uh, so. We didn't mention any Bourne movies. I think Bourne Ultimatum is my favorite, so I listed that in honorable oh, yeah. mentions. Oh, that's the best one. Uh, Rounders. Um, I love the movie Rounders. The Informant is really good, in my opinion. Uh, Contagion. I've got uh, Contagion to, in uh, my runners up, too. <laughs> too soon. It's, uh, I watched Contagion about a month after the pandemic started. Like, I don't, like, I hate watch, I guess. I was just, like, wanting to feel more hopeless about our situation. But it actually made me feel better. Was it the first time it you'd was. seen it? Or? Yeah. I think I'm, I'm the type of person that, like, lives my life by, like, comparing it to movies a lot of the time. And I was like, mm-hmm. I think this is going to make me feel better. And even though it's a very visceral and scary movie, it did. I was like, okay, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Like, even if it gets this did you bad. you feel like you were prepping <laughs> you feel like you were just I mean, prepping sure yourself. a little bit but it was more like it was more like a release of of my scared emotions now I've, this is the norm now pandemic so life now yeah. <laughs> not as freaked out so well the the ending of contagion shows you just how easily a pandemic can start that it just gives you that sense of like oh we're all yeah. screwed it's if it's that if it's that easy yeah, how isn't this happening uh, sooner? It, it, and hits, <laughs> it hits the same place in me, at certainly a less funny movie, but it hits the same place in me that The Martian does in this sort of, like, undeniable, like, faith that humanity can, like, face any, like, you know, obstacle and come out on top. Like, whether or not that's the case hundreds of years down the road remains to be seen, but I, 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 I do feel this sort of, like, Humanity can work together and like get it done, type of thing. I don't know. I applaud your optimism. <laughs> it is a very optimistic look, especially in today's day and age. 
Uh, I also had to mention talented Mr. Ripley. To Mr. Ripley, yeah. And uh, that's Thor- come up a lot lately. That yeah, movie has. has. In uh, Thor Ragnarok, uh, had to mention. Okay, that, that one well. hardly yes. counts. <laughs> He's in the movie. I know, no, but like, listen, no. what are you talking about? Matt this, Damon is, is in that movie. I know he is, but he like is. for like a minute. <laughs> Yeah, that's how the challenge works. It doesn't matter <sighs> if how long he's in the movie. He just technically has to be in the movie. Oh, sure. So when I, uh, anything, when I do movies that were anything, a little bit over 24 hours for the Day in the Life challenge, I was getting endless crap. <laughs> but when you guys are picking movies where it's a little Matt different. Damon is... It's a little is. different, though. Listen, listen. When you've been doing this show as long as we have... You, you guys you get, get the, the, the nuances that I just, a newcomer, could never understand. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Uh, yeah. any other honorable mentions? Uh, Lo, did you have any? We already other, mentioned uh, all my one? honorable mentions. Andrew, what about you? Uh, let's go with uh, Deadpool two. <laughs> okay, fair you enough. You want to talk about a real, <laughs> real tiny cameo? That's one that yeah, most people that's, you don't didn't even, even know. <laughs> see him, but he's there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually liked the Justice Bureau. I thought it was different. The, the Adjustment Bureau. Bureau? What did I say? Justice, but yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I meant the Adjustment Bureau. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I really like that one. And there you uh, what's the new movie that just came out that we were No like, Sudden Move. You, yeah, No Sudden Move. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, yeah. He does good work. Well, there you go. Congratulations, Matt Damon. You're awesome. <laughs> and you made a lot of good movies. Well done. Well done. Oh, Invictus. I really wanted to shout it. That was the other one I was trying to find because I knew there was one I was missing. He's doing some I accent really work. like Invictus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, all right. On to the buried treasure. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture you want to make sure people know about? Lo, you are the guest. You get to finish us off. Andrew, you get to go first. Aaron, I think you and I have the same buried treasure. No, we don't. But uh, I oh. I just I had seen it. And so it was in my brain. But uh, go ahead. Mm. Okay, yeah, The Green Knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, saw this yesterday morning. Um, this was this, this was, was a movie. This was possibly Go going to be a full review next week, but I don't think it is. So I think we're good to talk about it here. I checked. I checked our like our list, you mm-hmm. know, to make sure it wasn't, and I yeah. saw that it wasn't on there. So that's yeah. why I put it on yeah. here. But um, I'm I'm fine with saving it if you want to. No, 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 no. We've got stuff. You, okay, we've got stuff. Okay. Good, because honestly, this is a movie I'm going to have to see several more times. Yeah, to, we could probably talk not, about not, it now and still do a full review and have more to say. That makes me so happy, because <laughs> yeah. I've been looking forward to this movie for a really long time and like haven't had a chance to see it since it came out. But like, oh, that makes me really happy that you guys like it, because it's like... Well, I don't think either I've, of us have said I've, we like well, it yet. Well, it's but. your buried treasure, <laughs> I really so. like it. Actually, <laughs> I really like I actually really like it. Do I fully understand <laughs> everything? No. I know the story. Like, I think everybody... Did you guys have to read the uh, the uh, uh, Gawain yeah. and the Green Knight in high school and stuff like that? Yeah. Yes. So, it was one of those, like, yeah, I know the King Arthur, Arthurian legends and stuff like that. It's just one of those movies where they took an Arthurian legend and they made it into a fever dream to where everything is so weird and you don't know what's real and what's not in this world i have to say in this world because obviously it's in a fantasy world where there are elements that are going on but there are moments in this movie where you're like i don't know if what he's seeing in front of him right now is a dream or if it's real um the 
the metaphors and uh, that this movie's going through with you know uh, cowardice and shame and stuff like that, or or uh, trying to f- find your destiny. Putting all that aside, which is good stuff, this is one of the most striking movies I have seen in a long time, visually. Mm-hmm. This movie is gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, and it does its best to try and distance itself from the Arthurian legend. Like, they don't really name many people. Like, if you are familiar with the... Uh, with the story at all, you could, or the stories in general, you could be like, okay, so I guess that's King Arthur, I guess that's Guinevere, I guess that's uh, uh, Morgan Le Fray. Uh, so you're just like guessing, because they never name anybody besides Gawain, who they call Gerwin in this movie. Um, maybe this the actual pronunciation, I don't know. But this movie is strikingly beautiful. I want to watch it more so I can fully appreciate everything and fully understand it. Deb Patel is working on a different level than what I see him working at normally, and he's normally working at a really high level, but I think that he is asked to do so much in this movie that he really does do some amazing stuff. I really do like The Green Knight. It's just that if it was more uh, like understandable on the first go-round, I would say that it was a phenomenal movie, but right now I just really like it. Uh, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Uh, visually, this is a stunning movie. Um, yeah. It's if nothing else, it's an art piece. Like if nothing else, yeah. if you understand nothing about the movie, which is a decent <laughs> possibility. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you understand nothing about the movie, you will have many, many moments of wow, like the just how beautiful it looks how. Uh, emo- like evocative evocative is just the the word that kept coming to mind i don't know yeah. i don't know if this movie is comprehensible without homework um and that's okay but it's not my preference and it's the only thing about this movie that kind of brings it down a little bit for me um, you mean like understand like knowing the legends and stuff like that or have read, having read the story? Okay. Correct. I would highly recommend you do a refresher on the story. Um, and the and, and this is different than the story in some ways. Mm-hmm. But there are things in the story that I think are missing pieces to comprehending what's going on here. If you had never read that story... I think you would watch this and go, okay, that's a fever dream. Like, okay, I'm that's yeah. all of this um, makes me so happy. <laughs> I'm like a massive, I will say, like Arthurian legend I, fan. Something I didn't mention. <laughs> yeah, something I didn't mention earlier. Don't go into this movie expecting an action-packed swords and shield, you know, fighting yes. movie. Yeah, that's one hundred percent not what this movie is. This is a. Uh, this is a look within oneself movie. Oh, yep. Yes, I'm so excited. Yeah. That is so good. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, 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 I definitely love the ending of this movie too. Uh, the ending of this movie uh-huh. goes way, way up for me. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. like look I, and see I, if I'm I can you. find I, a showing of it today <laughs> after we're done here. <laughs> Honestly, I saw it yesterday, and I already want to see it again. So. 
Uh, I saw a movie this week that I also want to see again, um, and that is Pig, uh, the new uh, Nicolas Cage movie. I want to see it so bad. I want to see it so bad. This movie's great. I loved this movie. Um, It looks like John Wick with a pig. Uh, it, I described it as, I mean, you're, I, I get that because of the dog pig thing, but it's a little bit different, but I described it more as, um, uh, taken meets chef. Cool. (laughs) Weird. Love it. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, there's a, there's, there's a lot of interesting things going on here. Um, you know, Nick, Nick Cage can act as, uh, as, Weird as some of his recent roles have been, as many of his recent roles have been, Mandy. This one, this one's kind of amazing. Like he's he's doing some things here that are certainly within the quirky nature of kind of the Nick Cage thing. But overall, you're dealing with a character that I understood, that I cared for, that I you know that made sense to me. There's relationships that this character have that make complete sense that are really beautiful. Thematically, what this is doing um, around the area of, of food is, is pretty amazing. Um, so the way the story reveals itself is really interesting. This is just great, great filmmaking. And um, man, I had a really, really good time with this one. So I, if you've heard things about Pig and we're like, eh, I'm not sure. I mean, just add my voice to the voices saying, you might want to check it out because it's 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 really interesting. So yeah, is it showing in town here? or Did you get a screener for it? There, it's rent it's rentable right now. Oh, um, it is. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's out. Okay. It came out for rent last week. So there you go. Know what I'm gonna get? <laughs> <laughs> All right, love. All right, I went. I went buried. This is an older movie, but I also tried to go on theme mm. with some live action Disney. Um, the 1994 Jungle Book, Disney Jungle Book movie. Um, this is another sort of deep cut. It's a movie. Mm-hmm. Is this Jason Scott Lee? Well, um, yes, it is. I don't think a ton of people have seen it, but it's it's a movie I've seen countless times. I like owned it on VHS yep. as a kid, and then I repurchased yep. it on DVD, so I own it now on DVD. Yep. <laughs> um, it's definitely not just an adaptation of the animated movie. It's not just an adaptation of the book. They kind of take the kind of uh, themes and and stuff from the book and the animated movie and transition them into a more adult, it's still meant for kids, but it's like adult characters um, movie. Uh, But I, there's a sort of Indiana Jones type of like, or like a treasure hunter aspect to it that I really love, including like traps inside of a temple, which is really fun. There's just this really cute and cliche in the best way love story. It's a, um, you know, a bit whitewashed of a look at colonialism in India, but it does touch on it a little bit. And it's not just like, oh, Indian people are savage and and the British white people are the heroes. Like, the British white people are the villains, which is nice <laughs> to see, especially for a 1994 movie. And, uh, I mean, it's got an amazing cast. Jason Scott Lee. Yeah. Carrie Ellis, Lena Headley, Sam Neill, John Cleese. Like, you can just go on and on. It's such a fantastic movie. And I've, I always yeah. recommend it to people whenever we're talking, like, oh, live action Disney movies. And a lot of people don't love the new ones. And I'm like, watch the 1994 Jungle Book. I think it's really good. So, the, there you this go. is my favorite iteration of the telling of this story. 
out mm. of like all the adaptations, the cartoon, the new, the two mm. new ones. I think this one is my favorite uh, out of all of them. Wow, that's high praise. I really like the circus. There's one. a lot. There's a lot of practical mm-hmm. effects in this. Like all the animals. I'd say ninety percent of the animals in this. Yeah, are like real. the actual animals. Like, like like not not like puppetry or anything like. They have, I think they uh, might use some puppetry on get the jumped on by tigers. Yeah, there's it's like real tigers, yeah, think, real bear, real wolves. Yeah, yeah. So I it's think, not uh, that it's not that elephant tiger from Jungle no. Cruise. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I think that uh, I think Ka the anaconda is the only thing that isn't like a, a purely real. Animal. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only scene. I mean, thing. Nice. this has real. one of my like scariest quicksand scenes in a movie I've ever seen. Oh, it's like oh. this is like when you think about like oh. oh like quicksand used to be so scary when we were kids. This is the reason that it like freaked me this out. This is the movie that did it for me. This is why I'm scared of quicksand. Is yeah, this it's movie. really good and it's a fun it's a fun movie yeah. that I love to sit down and watch about every year. Or so no, it's our text. <laughs> I'm sorry. Our that text. is a good one too. I would say. <laughs> I don't think that's quicksand, though. I think that's He's just, just real sad. It's, I mean, it, it acts like yeah. quicksand. It acts to be like fair, quicksand. the Artax one is sadder. This one is a bad mm-hmm. guy. So they like... This is Yeah, so they like let it be uh, really scary because you're like, this bad guy's going to die. Like, And you like kind of aren't yeah, meant to want him quick. to. Yeah. Yeah, it's wow. not yeah. quick. And that's really what made it. <laughs> wow. Oh, uh, uh, Phil's saying that it's not on Disney+. It's Plus. not, and it makes me that's so mad. <laughs> Wow, that's probably interesting. Yeah. They're like, they're probably like, yeah, that's a shocking movie that probably kids should. I think have it watched. probably was like, like produced I was very young by when I you it. know some such, and I think you can find it on like Amazon, like rent it. Um, yeah. There you go. Uh, it's that, good. That would be the 1994 yes. version of Jungle Book. Uh, you may be able to find that on Amazon. Pig is available for rent wherever uh, you rent stuff. And The Green Knight is still in theaters uh, where you can check that out. Well, that's that's it. We did it, guys. We, uh, yeah. we, we podcasted. It's amazing. Woo. I didn't, didn't know if it was going to happen there for a second, but it did. Congratulations. We made everyone. it down the river. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Thank you, buddy. Big thanks to Phil for producing the audio and video show. <sighs> thanks to Drew for getting us some visuals for the video show. <laughs> Woohoo! Good job. And thank you to Lo for thank hanging you, out with us you. again and talking the movies. Uh, anything you want to promote? Any place you want to oh, send people? Gosh, I mean, as usual, Twitter is where I'm hanging out. Um, about to uh, in the next couple months launch a Kickstarter for a board game, which I guess is something to look out oh. for. Follow me on on Twitter. Uh, and you're nice. into that sort of sort of thing. Well, there you go. Uh, so follow Low on Twitter at and uh, get up to at the Curious Low on Twitter, and you can keep up with all that stuff. Much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at three bucks a month. 
Uh, there are many different levels. You can check out all the fun features, and uh, one of them is to get every single bonus episode as well as the main episodes in one ad-free podcast feed. Uh, you can check all that out again at patreon.com slash Uh Lots of ways to connect with us. You can leave a comment, a rating, or a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You can also email us, feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too, so make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than performing underwater puzzles when it's your first time swimming. We will be back next week with Suicide Squad uh, as well as some other fun stuff, and we will see you then. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.